Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Kelly. And you're listening to ODFM. This episode is one DNA result from murder. This is the one that we keep trying to record. This will be... Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. And this time, Tina I'm still wants trying her to story. See if, I'm still trying to see if I remember the story. Good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's hope we don't. I don't oh. know if I do. I mean, right. this was from our very first season, and we tried to record it like twice. Tina didn't okay. want her story told then, but she does now. Right. I've decided. Maybe she just didn't want to be part of 2020. And who could blame her? Yeah. Can you just save me for 2021? Please? <laughs> just, I don't even want to be a part yeah. of this. <laughs> Third Time's Charm in the third season. This is another submission from my friend Bridget, whose story was another story that we did earlier in the first season. It was about the murders of Susan and Michelle Anglum. And they were the ones, gosh, which The mother and daughter. Yes. That episode was episode 13 of season one. I'm surprised it was that far. It was one divination from murder. That was the one. Oh, yes. Okay. I yeah. remember now. And I remember why we named it that. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we're up to date on our own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God somebody is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our recording equipment is. Okay. So okay. this event happened later in life for Bridget. She was in college at the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. And she had a group of about eight close friends she hung out with. And they did everything together. You know, kind of your little core group. Yeah. Um, and her school was kind of similar to mine that you're required to live on campus in the dorms for the first year and then you can move off. Mm-hmm. Yours did that too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Which is always And then good, as soon I as I could. Yep. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what these guys did. So the summer after their freshman year, a couple of her friends, um, Sarah and Tina got an apartment together and the others spread out to other places. So Tina McMenamin McMenamin. McMenamin. Wow, that's not an easy one at all. It's not. McMenamin. McMenamin. But it's kind of fun to say. It is kind of fun to say. Yeah. She had a love for rock and roll and polar bears. Rock and roll and polar bears. That's hardcore. I know. Maybe. (laughs) I like that though. A rock and roll polar bear. (laughs) Sorry, when I hear rock and roll and polar bear, all I can picture is like a I don't know why a polar bear on roller skates, like Ooh. going around, you know, like listening to rock, like they're blaring that over the the roller, um, the roller rink, and you, you yes, know, just, I don't know why. Okay, I hear I you. Stop drinking so much. Apparently, yeah. She grew up in Omaha, where she was a varsity cheerleader in high school, and she was involved in the school newspaper. Her mom described her at the time as not having yet found her niche. Which, who does in high school? I don't know. Oh, God. Right. I guess if you found your niche in high school, then you probably are peaking and. Yeah. Oh, I had a niche in high school, but I'm glad it didn't stick. <laughs> I'm glad I moved on to a different one. I mean. I'm done with that niche. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a huge New Kids on the Block fan. I mean, I'm glad I jumped <laughs> off that bandwagon. You know? <laughs> Aren't they doing some reunion tour or something? Right. And I could be like following them around the country right now. Could. Had I not roadie. found a new niche. <laughs> Just so. <laughs> the forever roadie. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, but we're not even a, a band anymore. I, know, I don't right? care. It doesn't matter. I love this you. is my niche. I have peaked. <laughs> I have peaked. 
<laughs> so <laughs> she had spent her freshman year of college at classes like art, political science, and creative writing, which she excelled at. So she had a lot of different interests. Some potential. Yes. Things. Her second story apartment that she shared with Sarah was only five minutes from her job. So that's kind of... That's nice. Andy. I kind of like yeah. that now. <laughs> I have that right now. Isn't that do crazy? I oh do. my God, five minutes. I know. I mean, crazy. right now, since I'm working from home, I mean, I yeah, just have to true. go downstairs. But <laughs> it's seconds away. <laughs> I still run into traffic on the stairs. There's like <laughs> toys and shit. You know, Dogs. So. Yeah. Right. Cats. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Sarah and Tina had been friends since elementary school, and they were excited to escape the chaos of the dorms for their own place. Yeah. Which, yeah, all the music and crap pumping all the time. I remember that. Oh, my God. Just all kinds of stuff. Weird smells. Oh, yeah. You know, like, what are they doing in there? And then who burnt <laughs> what in the microwave in the hall? And then oh, what, God. Like, just Stop all kinds fish. of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the apartment complex they chose was known as a quiet area with little crime. Seems smart for two girls by themselves. Yeah. yeah. On July 25th of 1995, Tina, who was 18 at the time, worked at Godfather's Pizza, which you said you guys didn't have out there, right? If we do, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I think they're mostly all closed up, but they have a few. I know there's one left in Denver, and they used to be really big out here. I remember going to them when I was a kid. But she was working a split shift and had left work at 2 p.m. I hated split shifts. That just sounds awful. Oh, I hated doing those. She was scheduled to work again at 530 for the second half of her shift. It just sucked because you would finally get home, have like an hour, and then you had to go back. Yeah, right. Barely enough time to rest. Right. But she did have that little bit of time to relax at her apartment before she needed to get back. Sarah, her roommate, left the apartment at 445 to go to her job. And I assume it's not at Godfather's Pizza. I didn't hear anything I couldn't find where she worked, but Tina had called her friend Lou, L-U, and it's okay. a girl, when Sarah left and spoke with her until 5.17. And she was scheduled to work at 5.30, so she should have probably left, like, right then. So she probably hung up the phone, you grabbed think, her stuff, and, and left, you would think. Left. Yeah. Lou was friends with both the roommates, and she invited them both to come to her house after Tina was done with work later that same night. Okay. So with her shift coming up, Tina scribbled a quick note to Sarah about Lou's invitation and stuck it to the fridge so that when, you know, she got home, she would see it and yeah. she would have plans. Five hours later at 10.15 p.m., Sarah came home to a dark apartment. This was weird because the light switch, which was pretty far from the door, about 12 to 15 feet away... Who planned that shit? I know. <laughs> so horrible planning. Isn't that terrible? Usually you have it right by the door when you walk in so you can flick yeah. it. Yeah. But because it was so far away, they would always leave the light on for whoever came home Smart so that they girls. wouldn't have to pass through the dark apartment. Yeah. Right. So Sarah, after kind of feeling along the walls and finally finding right. the light, gets the light on and she's surprised to see that the apartment has been completely ransacked. Like there oh. is shit everywhere. Her first thought is that Tina had already gotten home and then seeing her apartment possibly like burglarized. Maybe she mm-hmm. left to go get help or wait someplace safe for her. Right, right, right. So she saw the answering machine light blinking and thought, you know, the, all those snap thoughts you have when things yeah. are happening. Her first thought was like, oh, I bet Tina left a message about the mess and to tell me where she went. And of course, yes. Yes. But when Sarah played the message, it wasn't Tina. It was the manager at Godfather's Pizza wondering why Tina hadn't shown up for her 530 shift. Oh, no. Yeah. So now. That's red flags, red flags. Yeah, big time. 
So now Sarah starts getting more worried. Mm -hmm. She calls out Tina's name and she's looking around the apartment, but it's completely silent. Um, She did look into Tina's room when she was passing by, but she saw the bed was empty. And it wasn't until her third or fourth time of like frantically racing by Tina's room that Sarah finally got a good look in there. She looked on the floor and she saw Tina partially clothed and in a pool of blood. Oh God. Bedroom floor. Well, if I could say anything about when I had my first apartment, Mm. frankly, my house now, yeah, (laughs) you would have to probably turn on the light and look around Mm -hmm. because there's clothes and crap thrown everywhere. And you probably wouldn't notice me very, you know, right away. (laughs) Um, I know. Is that just her laundry or is that actually right? There's, you know, Oh, and that's God. me too. And when you're like, the whole place is totally ransacked. You're like, what happened? And you're trying to like run around right. and, and you're just out. looking. And I'm sure she probably the first time she just looked in there, maybe not even turn on the light. And yeah, then, probably just ran past oh and was calling God. her name. And oh yeah. God, okay, so scary. Okay, so at this point, I thought we could take a break. Yeah, I'm gonna need oh, a break. I know. <laughs> oh my God, I need a drink. <sighs> All right, so now that we're back, Sarah, Tina's roommate calls the police who tell her to leave the house until the officers show up. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. There was no sign of forced entry, but because of the mess, officers initially assume it's a burglary gone wrong. But again, if it had been my apartment. Yeah. It would have just, could have just <laughs> been a like, Tuesday. <laughs> they're like, oh, is she just messy? Or did right. It's hard to here? say sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Me too. Police are met with the strong scent of bleach emanating from the bathroom. Oh. Yeah. And when they get to Tina, they discover she's been stabbed seven times. Oh, my. That's excessive. That's a lot, right? Her injuries are consistent with the physical assault, and there's a cut across her throat. There's blood on the walls, the floor, on her clothing. How messy was her room? I know. She didn't notice that right away. (laughs) I know. It makes you wonder. Like, Damn. I mean, again, mine was really messy, too. But Right. But I think you'd see blood splattered (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Now I'm just wondering, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but she might not have been, you know, very tidy. Yeah, just, right. You know, but whatever. I mean, that's okay. You never know. Right. I just, damn. Neither was I. So. <laughs> or maybe she didn't ever turn on the light. It could be. Yeah. You until know, like that third or fourth time. And then she finally flicked on mm-hmm. the light and was like, oh my God. Right. And I'm sure, you know, if floor. you, she's not really like be staring at the walls and everything. She would like see True. her friend and be like back out you know yeah. at least that's oh, what god. i would do you know i wouldn't be like oh going oh my god there she is and wow look at the walls like i just yeah, yeah there's <laughs> blood splatter right. yeah right exactly you so, wouldn't notice and my thinking from what i had read was that she was kind of like the bed was kind of parallel to the door and she was on the other side of it i think oh so I, okay right okay i don't think you would have seen her so it's not like you would have seen her and then the bed like right the bed was blocking her a bit i think so i think okay. well and that would make sense too yeah why you would like glance in there because you wouldn't yeah, expect someone to be see. on the floor right Absolutely. you would look for someone standing or, or sitting, sitting or on yeah. the bed yeah not laying hmm. prone right and her clothing was on the floor beside her so not on her okay oh boy She'd been sexually assaulted and she died from blood loss. One thing that was kind of strange was her closet door was ajar. But to me, like, I never close my closet door. So that's always a I don't really worry about whether it's closed all the way or not. I really don't Don't think about it. 
And especially if your room is a mess, things are probably like piled in there and it's kind of You might not be close. able to close it. Right. right. There's <laughs> like stuff falling out. I mean, basically that's how. Or so I've heard from other people. Yes, yeah, not me. Never. Ooh, no, no, never. I'm so clean. I'm not. Yeah, that would not strike any kind of like Mm-mm. note in my mind. Not for mine. Closet door ajar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, that's how it always is. Right. It'd probably be more strange if it was closed. Be like, right. some, oh, look. What do you expect in company? Like, yeah. That would be me. I'd be like, wow. Wow. They closed the doors. That's fancy. <laughs> yeah, right. Pope's coming. Oh, the Pope's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That would be dangerous at my house if the Pope was coming and be like, uh oh, this is for an exorcism or something. I don't know. <laughs> something major. You do have that portal. <laughs> I do. I do have the, the portal. I do. You're right. That's probably why you'd be here. <laughs> there was also a wood-handled knife laying beside her left hand on the ground. The police weren't able to determine whether the knife came from the apartment or if the perpetrator had brought the knife with him. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. I, I remember us talking about this before, but like if you are combining two little dorm households together, everybody's got kind of hand-me-down knives and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, when I got my first apartment, we didn't like go out and buy a set of silverware. It was just yeah. like, I took this one from my mom's kitchen and I, I snagged this spoon. Someone else, right. yeah, someone else gave me that one because they didn't. Right, everything yeah. is just hodgepodge. It's so just, they're not. So right. I don't think Sarah, her roommate, was really sure if it was theirs or not. But Right, and I wouldn't have either. So yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been. So the knife, along with another knife and a wallet, allegedly, they said, left on the floor were taken into evidence. I'm not sure about the allegedly thing. Like, what is that allegedly? We, maybe we because Sarah wasn't sure whether they were belong there or not. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Again, I, I get the feeling that they have a typically messy apartment. <laughs> so just, you know. No, I think so too. Uh, which same. also is starting to make me think that maybe I should keep my things more orderly. I know. Should something unfortunate happen and then the police aren't like, we don't even know if this is supposed to be here. <laughs> it's like, true. Like, we can't tell. We can't even tell. Just another friendly reminder. Yes. That you should clean your house. Maybe clean your house. <laughs> Just in case. Oh, that's a friendly reminder to myself. I, I could see that. Oh, my God. We've been ransacked. No. <laughs> no. That's no, us. I just, I just no. been really busy this week. <laughs> I just haven't cleaned since quarantine started. Exactly. March. So, right. Okay. So, two residents of the apartment complex who had who had been home since 5.15, reported they hadn't heard anything. But a different resident reported seeing a white man with long blonde hair running through the area at 9 p.m. <laughs> oh. Which, I mean. Wait, like running, like, like running, like running away from something or like he was jogging? Jogging. That's what I'm not really sure about. I mean. Because those are two different kinds of runs. Right. Like, one is like, holy shit run. And the other yeah. one's just like. <laughs> like I'm trying to get in shape run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yet another resident reported seeing a man of the same description less than half a mile from the apartment. Maybe running. Maybe not. I don't know. Are people not allowed to be a half a mile from the apartment and be innocent? What? <laughs> Oh, what are you doing here? Um, I live here. <laughs> You're out of I was sorts. Jogging. <laughs> I'm just out trying to get healthy. Police spoke with Lou, the friend Tina had been on the phone with mm-hmm. earlier in the evening, and she claimed Tina sounded completely normal, didn't think anyone else was in the apartment with her at that time. So Okay. And that was like right before she was supposed to leave for work. Right. So 
Based on the mess made in the apartment, investigators believe the assailant stayed in the apartment between three and four hours after committing the crime. Whoa. I know. I don't know, though. I, I My kids can create a mess really quick in a very short amount of time because I don't true. know if that timeline's correct. This guy would have, he was taking his time maybe going through things. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But I'm just like, for the police to be like, it would take three or four hours to make this mess. Like, you yeah, know, do you no. have kids? Because experiment <laughs> time get destroyed real fast. <laughs> Let me show how talented my kids are at messes. Right. Okay. All right. But they're thinking he was there for several hours. Yeah. Oh gosh. And then and then Sarah came home. Yes. So uh, according to Sarah, the killer had gone through almost everything they owned. Oh my god. Okay, that would take a little bit of time. Plus, bleach had been used to clean up evidence after the murder, although no bleach was found on Tina or in her bedroom. Oh. So it's likely the killer was cleaning himself up and the police thought that upon leaving the apartment, he would have smelled really strongly of bleach and would probably have injuries from his struggle with Tina since he I wonder if he brought so his own bleach or if they had bleach oh, in their apartment. That would be a little, a lot of pre-planning. They had probably proper cleaning equipment. <laughs> much easier if they, he used it at this. But you can't yeah. guarantee people have bleach. I mean, at my old house, right. we had a septic tank and you couldn't use bleach on stuff. Oh, well, see, yeah, you yeah. better, mm, <laughs> you better I don't know bring your Clorox own. wipes work the same. You know what I mean? As far as evidence, I don't know. Yeah, because um, then you're like throwing <laughs> those away and then they're right, like, wait, exactly. we'll just use these. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Police spoke with the manager at Godfather's Pizza who left the message for Tina earlier when she missed her shift. He said he was surprised and worried when Tina didn't show up for a shift because she was so reliable. And it was unlike her to not notify anyone if she wasn't going to be able to make it to work. She would have found a replacement, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Okay. So she was definitely going to work. Everything was totally normal up until 5.17. Right. Sometime after 5.17, shit went down. Mm -hmm. Tina's car was taken into processing and towels from her bathroom were also taken in for testing. Blood samples and clothing were also tested as well as four fake fingernails that belonged to Tina and hair samples. So probably when she was in the struggle, they came off. So much easier to get fingernail evidence when the fingernails are removable. Yeah, true. Hey, hey, if we just found these. I just thought of something. Okay, so this is in July, right? Right. And you said, and then like five o'clock. So it it shouldn't be dark. Right. It's still pretty light. You don't normally think of these things happening. Uh, Midday. Just same, same like that other story where the guy, the hammer killer. Yeah, middle of the day. Ooh, middle of the day, like 2 p.m., middle of the snow. Yeah, these are things that you mm-hmm. assume happen Late under the cover of night, right? Yep. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so the most promising item taken in evidence, though, was found clutched in Tina's hand. Oh. It was a single, long, blonde hair. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. The runner, remember, had long Long, blonde hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. So here's where we'll take another break. Do you own a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items? We love artists and small business owners, and we would be stoked to help get the word out about yours. Consider advertising with us through this podcast. It's super affordable, and our podcast reaches every corner of the U.S., even worldwide. To find out more, visit otfmpodcast.com and click on the Advertise With Us link. 
Let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it. Think about long blonde hair. You have Burr. long blonde hair. I'm just I saying. I'm I just do. saying. But I'm not a dude. They said it was a dude. But I'm not a dude. <laughs> I guess I can sometimes look like a dude. <laughs> I'm not a dude. <laughs> I swear. Don't make me oh prove my it. God. <laughs> you don't want to see that. <laughs> There's a t-shirt you could make. <laughs> not a dude. Not a dude. <laughs> don't, make <laughs> don't make me prove it. Don't make me prove it. Oh, oh God. God. Then you'd have like those those gross drunk guys coming up to you going, Ugh. prove it. I don't you believe you. Prove you it. Gotta see it. Ugh. Right. And now that we're back. So while waiting for crime scene evidence to be tested, investigators began running background checks on Tina's neighbors and classmates and even investigating known sex offenders in the area. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. They're trying to do their due diligence. Mm Mm-hmm. Over 300 people were questioned in the case. Damn. 300. And they don't have any good leads, do they? No, they're just oh like, my God. we're going to test everyone in this town. Oh, good my God. God. Blood samples were also taken from those willing to voluntarily provide them. Damn. Yeah. Almost an entire year later, <gasps> DNA results. I know. So this is 1995. So it did take way longer back then. God, yeah, that is a long time. It is not like CSI. (laughs) It it is not within 30 seconds of them It's not like, I'm just going to put this in and then hit go and it's going to go, here's your report. (laughs) There it is. Right, with his address and everything, right? No. It's picture. God, a full year. A year. Okay. DNA results came back on the hair found in her hand. Of the 30 to 40 people who had willingly given DNA samples, only one person was consistent with the results. Really? And I say consistent because DNA testing was in its infancy at the time. Oh, right. And by now, I guess it's 1996. A full profile couldn't be determined from a hair sample back then like it is now. Oh, right. But the man who fit that evidence was named Gregory Gable. He's a guy in his early 30s who had schizophrenia and had previous charges of third-degree sexual assault and public indecency. Oh, that's um, that's a good suspect. That's a, yeah. That that it seems like a seems like good, a good good person to look at. Mm. Does he have long blonde hair? Uh, yeah. He oh, is, yeah. And the third-degree sexual assault. I looked that up because I was like, "What is third-degree sexual assault?" Yeah, but, what, yeah. Yeah. So I found out it's a felony that's defined as someone engaging in any type of formal sexual contact short of rape without the victim's consent when the offender uses any dangerous weapon. What? It also, inc- <laughs> I know, it's Sorry. still confusing. Okay. So like bring a knife and you rub a boob. Because <laughs> that, that's <laughs> bring a knife and rub a boob. <laughs> Bring a knife. Rub a boob, you're going to get third degree sexual assaults. I don't. If she's not willing. Uh, okay. I, I remember really having this conversation. What <laughs> constitutes a dangerous weapon? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Because 
the penis rubs the boob and she didn't right. want it to. I mean, and she's like, excuse you. I just that's third I, okay, degree I sexual keep, assault. I keep, I keep picturing in my head ever since you said knife and rub a boob. The um <laughs> the flashback episode in Friends where Monica was trying to like like come on to Chandler when they was like back in oh they gosh. were back in high school. Yeah. And so she's holding the blade. And she's rubbing it against her body and she's holding That's the carrots. Right. This is what I'm picturing when you're like, has a knife and rubs. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so hilarious. technically, could she have been, you know, charged of third degree? I think <laughs> only if she assault? only if she had rubbed him. Him, okay. Or and if he had area. not been, you know, if he had consenting, yeah, right. He, he seemed to be well. He was consenting until his yeah. toe got cut off, but that's yeah. a whole different. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all fun and games till someone loses a toe. It's true. Okay, that's all right. That's so all right. So he had third degree, but sexual it also assault. includes the third degree sexual assault. Also includes sexual contact with a mentally disabled victim. Oh, yeah, and certain statutory rape charges. So. It could have been someone underage. It could have been somebody yeah. who just did not have the mental capacity to give consent. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Which I, oh, that yeah. that's a whole nother level mm-hmm. of depravity that I can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's even more disturbing. Right. Let's, let's go back to the, the boob in the knife. That's. That one's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can handle less. that a little bit more. <laughs> Which is also disturbing. <laughs> right. I'm going to touch your boob. Also, I'm not just happy to see you. I yeah. Have a knife in my pocket. I'm just happy to see you. I am carrying my dangerous weapon. It's on me at all times. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, Yeah. But in addition to the DNA evidence, Gregory was in the area of the crime, according to witnesses. The owner of a Sonic restaurant nearby said Gregory was at the Sonic at about 10 p.m. that night. In fact, Gregory took advantage of Sonic's half-price burger promotion every Tuesday evening. For the last two and a half years. <laughs> and you said he had some mental deficiencies. Yes. As exhibited yeah. in the fact that he goes to Sonic every single Tuesday. <laughs> For the half price burger promotion. That's... Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He was very into it. The owner described Gregory as a, quote, Rain Man-like character. Okay. Who is socially inappropriate. But he had a computer-like memory for numbers and facts, which is not a skill I have. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. However, none of the Sonic employees recognized Gregory as the man in the sketch of a long-haired blonde man that witnesses had seen in the area the evening of the murder. So they didn't think okay, it Have you seen some of those police sketches? The, yeah, some of them are really Even bad. once, even, even like when they show him on the news and they're like, see how we caught him and here's the sketch yeah, and here's the and guy. Like, I'm like... Are you sure? I know. I would not. The sketch doesn't even look like a person. Right. (laughs) I'm like. It's a. Right. It's a little stick figure. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Wow. That really looks like him. I. I, Yeah. I have a hard time. I mean, nothing against sketch artists that that do that for the for the police. It's just sometimes they do it. And I was like, are you sure you weren't attacked by a cartoon? I don't think that's a real person. (laughs) I know it's it's funny to see the range that of different styles people can do because some are just like freaking right? amazing. And then there's others like I think a five-year-old did that. It looks like Mr. Potato Head. They just grabbed like yeah. those eyebrows and that nose and that <laughs> yeah. mustache. That's your guy. Yeah, they kind of put together all that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So anyway, so he didn't just he didn't match it. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, that's not that much of a 
sticking point, I don't think. But mm-hmm. uh, the employees were also shocked Gregory would be involved in something like that because he is a guy. Well, I don't know why that this would make that plausible, but he's known to those employees as the guy best known as wanting to eat inside the restaurant without a shirt on. That, <laughs> that would almost make me more likely to say, yeah, he probably would do something like that because he doesn't want right, to wear a how shirt. How does that make him less likely for some kind know. of sexual assault? <laughs> Can I please just eat my burger without a shirt? I mean, <laughs> it's... I- no, nobody wants to see that, Gregory. Oh my God! Other people are trying to eat, man. Yeah, yeah. That's and not plus, appetizing. I'm assuming he doesn't have, you know, uh, like a Brad Pitt body if he's right. eating Sonic every right. Tuesday every Tuesday. For I think <laughs> no one wants to see that. Ew. No. Okay. No. On uh, June 25th of 1996, Gregory Gable was arrested. Okay. He maintained his innocence throughout the investigation and entered a not guilty plea. Despite the DNA evidence, many in the town didn't believe Gregory committed the crime and worried he could be coerced into a confession by police because of his diminished mental capacity. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like maybe he was just a scapegoat because they didn't find anyone else. Right. Um, like, um, what's that? Making a murderer. Show oh, God. And the, um, That's so disturbing. The nephew or whatever. Yes. That poor yes. kid. That's what I'm. That's what I'm envisioning right here. Oh, uh, that was such a mess. You know, getting coerced and mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So, in fact, many residents wrote into the local paper and asked the ACLU to intervene. Oh, and Gregory did wear his light brown hair, is what they said, mm. in a ponytail consistent-ish with the witnesses of the long blonde-haired man. Okay. I don't know. Blonde is so because, like me, kind of dishwater blonde. Versus, you know, I feel like that's weird. Like if you've ever gone and like looked at like hair color and stuff like that, I've seen where it's like, this is dark blonde and then this is light brown. And right. And then sometimes the light brown looks more blonde to me than the dark blonde. And I'm like, I don't even know. Then they throw Auburn in there and it just messes up the whole thing. Oh my God, there's so many choices. (laughs) Can we just. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a fine line right there where it goes from. Right. Where it could be either. Yeah. Light brown. But yeah. I agree. He also wore large round framed glasses, which none of the witnesses reported seeing him wearing. Interesting. But you could also say, well, maybe he just didn't wear his glasses at the time, but he had pretty severe eye problems. So it wouldn't be likely like he could not see without those. Oh, okay. But it's like me and my contacts. Yeah. Pre-trial hearings were held for much of 1997. A librarian at the public library testified she overheard a conversation between Gregory and another man in which Gregory was talking about strangling someone and used the name Tina. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, but they're in a library. They shouldn't be able to overhear anyone in a <laughs> library. Know. Maybe that's why. What? She's like, shh. Wait. She yeah. was about to shush them and, yeah, then, and then she just, was like, like, oh. But okay. But was this before he was arrested? Because he could have been no. talking to some guy oh. going, this is what I've been arrested for. Or this oh. is what they're. Good point. This is what they're charging me with. Like, was he arrested and in jail? Or yeah, I think been... he was being held. Well, oh, well, good then question. Never I'll look and see. Maybe it'll say farther down. Interesting, the line, but but, st- but still, I was like, "You're yeah. in a library. Like, keep your voice yeah. down, yo. Keep it down. <laughs> what, go outside and talk." Right. Uh, Jeremy Nelson, who was Gregory's friend, who who was the guy identified at the library, is the one he was talking the to. The loud talker. The other loud talker. <laughs> 
(laughs) He adamantly refuted the librarian's claim. But in cross-examination, he admitted to having suffered from lifelong memory problems. So (laughs) that might not be so helpful. So he's got Dory syndrome. He does. So he's like, what? I've never been in a library. What are you talking about? (laughs) Shit. God. In December of 1997, a judge ordered Gregory to undergo a mental competency evaluation. Oh, I think that's a good idea. (laughs) Probably smart. In January, a month later, a new DNA test was ordered on the hair sample, this time using a newly developed test using mitochondrial DNA, considered to be technologically superior to the previously used technique. Okay. While the sample was being tested, which again took longer back then, Gregory was declared as incompetent to stand trial because of his mental illness. Okay. The prosecution didn't agree with the analysis, and they said that they were going to have him retested by someone they selected. But before the second evaluation could be conducted, the entire case fell apart. Oh, dear. Okay. The results of the DNA test came back, and Gregory was definitively excluded as a match to the hair sample found in Tina's hand. Oh, Unfortunately, that second round of testing used up all the remaining usable genetic material on the hair. Shit. So it couldn't be tested later. Because there was just the one single hair. Yeah. So two years after his arrest, Gregory was released. Police still considered him a suspect, but they hoped to charge him later should more evidence present itself instead of taking the chance of losing and trying to try him anyway. Why? Did they think that the mitochondrial DNA test was not right? Yeah. I think they really believed it was him. Hmm. Well, and it was a new thing, right? To do it the was. So but still. who knows? You know how interesting labs can mess things up too. Oh, that's true. So I guess that right. They were hoping they'd find more evidence. Hmm. They didn't want to try him then in case of finding more evidence later. And then it would be double jeopardy and they wouldn't. Be oh, yeah. Time. Right. Unfortunately, new evidence has not materialized. Um, investigators combed through all the remaining evidence and sent several samples for testing, but no residual DNA ever was found. On oh, anything. Dang it. Not even all those fake nails. Not even on the nails. Damn. I know. Come on. So either this person's really good or really, really lucky. I don't know. September 27th of 1995, two months after the murder, police received a handwritten note. It simply said, quote, Patrick Holmes killed Tina McMenamin. Unquote. Who the frick is Patrick right. Holmes? Exactly. No one by that name was ever found in connection with the crime. What? Isn't that weird? Another person of interest at the time was 21-year-old Daniel Stroll, who lived in the same apartment complex as Tina. He had been previously charged with the first-degree murder of a woman named Pamela Kelly, who he had beat, raped, and ran over with his what? car. Damn, that's harsh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was pissed. Something. Wow. However, they couldn't find any evidence that he and Tina knew one another, and his work time card proved he had been at work at the time of Tina's murder. Okay. And Tina wasn't known to have a boyfriend or romantic relationship at the time. Well, that that guy sounds like he had a personal issue with that person. Yeah, with the person he took out. Specifically. Yeah, runner over. That's a lot of hatred. (laughs) Yeah. In 2005, so that was 10 years later, an inmate who had been a suspect in the case told another inmate specific details of Tina's murder and told him of a place along a bike trail where he had hid items of Tina's among the rocks. Oh. 
So police put out a, an ask to the public saying anyone who may have found an unusual photograph or piece of jewelry along that trail needed to contact them. It's been 10 years. 10 I, mean. Year, I mean, yeah. Creepy coincidence, though, on this one. Gregory's previous convictions had all happened along bike trails. <gasps> and despite his exclusion from the DNA test, police felt he was the strongest suspect. And he was followed for two years after his release. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy cow. So they were convinced they were, it had to be him. Yeah, they were dead set on him. Yeah. Huh? Okay. One investigator even went so far as to befriend Gregory undercover, took him to strip clubs, and pretended to be a tanning salon manager to attempt to gain Gregory's trust and a possible confession. The tanning salon? <laughs> I think Gregory liked to tan. <laughs> well, you know, he's going to have his shirt off at Sonic. He's got to look good. A, yeah. He's got to have so, a good, good color. So is that where tax dollars go? To, yeah. Mm-hmm. To take possible strip suspects clubs. to strip clubs? Yeah. And, yeah. And... Do they get that money in dollars and they use it? <laughs> Dollar bills, please. Can it's I have so weird. I need to take out $500 from the petty cash and, and dollar right. bills, please. In, in singles. I need singles, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the hell? I know. I am in the wrong line of work. However, <laughs> Gregory never did admit anything involving Tina and he never provided new evidence. Did anyone take him to a library and talk to him loudly? <laughs> no, maybe because that would have been better. Right. Maybe strip clubs aren't a great strip place club to talk. Wasn't the place, right? <laughs> you need to take him to a library. Sorry, they just, some people just can't open up at strip clubs. Exactly, right? Well, it's very distracting. There's other things. Happen. There's, there's, other there's things a lot going on. on. There's fluids. Right. It's just. <laughs> oh, he did grossly tell the investigator about women around town that he was watching. Oh. Oh, and the investigator did go warn those women. So he's definitely guilty of being gross. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, gross. Which, I mean, he was as soon as he wanted to eat his Sonic without his shirt on. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was obvious, yeah. Sarah, Tina's roommate at the time of the murder, was interviewed during the pretrial of Gregory. Her life, obviously, was upended after Tina's death. Tina had been her best friend for the last six years of her life. And after that, she dropped out of college not knowing how to face life without her closest friend. Oh, jeez. And Bridget, my friend who submitted the story, who'd previously lost her best friend to murder at age 13, was once again reeling from this loss, and she suffered years of trauma and PTSD after these events. And she wanted me to mention she found EMDR, which is a psychotherapy that enables people to heal from symptoms of emotional distress that are the results of disturbing life experiences. Yeah. And she wanted me to mention it for anyone who's suffering from mental trauma or PTSD because it changed everything for her, like got her really completely rehabbed. Yeah. And she says, what was that called again? EMDR. Wow. No, she recommends it highly. She said for any traumatic, which is super cool that that she found something to help her because oh god i can't imagine going through it once let alone twice Uh, right after a while you're just like i don't know how you even just deal with society (sighs) at all god i know trusting anyone trusting anyone exactly yeah it was never solved tina's never had anyone um charged again since gregory gable but holy cow uh there i went through all these articles on reddit about from people who submitted stories that knew Tina or knew Greg Gable and came okay. up with all these crazy details about Greg. 
Okay. Oh, boy. So one person, Lincoln Scooter on Reddit, wrote... <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln Scooter? Scooter. <laughs> Didn't know Lincoln made scooters. <laughs> and they wrote in saying, Greg Gable, otherwise known as the Catman, is a disturbed individual. The, the Catman? The Catman. <laughs> is that like his superhero like, <laughs> other identity? Catman? It's- it's alter ego. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you. Then. Alter ego. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. So Lincoln first encountered Gregory at a public swimming pool in his 20s, about a year or so before the murder, where okay. he was trying to convince the female lifeguards to take their tops off. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying, Gregory was telling them, if men don't wear shirts, why do women equal rights for both? Yeah, he was concerned about equal rights. Equal rights. It's hard to say, right? I I did it too. That was Uh, his motivation. Yeah, that was his motivation. He wanted to make sure that women were being treated fairly. Yeah. Yeah, right. But um, apparently he was asked to leave several of the public pools because of his behavior. Not surprised. Not surprised. Very, he is all about having your chest out in the open. Yeah, he really likes (laughs) chest. There's a theme here. Yeah. He also loved to strip. That's right. This is this is Lincoln still talking. Ah, oh, that's right. Strip at the local quote amateur night strip contest <laughs> at one of the downtown no, clubs. They no, no. <laughs> say the the one I remember seeing him most frequently at was called the Cactus Club. Why was this guy frequently at this place, and why was he always at amateur night? Point. Okay, <laughs> we're wondering. gonna we're gonna judge you too, Lincoln. Yeah, uh, seriously. That's all right. It could be the very entertaining. Club. I kind of want to go. <laughs> The men would strip first, and Greg was always the first to go. <laughs> oh, God. The DJs loved it because he broke the ice a bit. Oh, I'm sure. But once the semi-professionals were up, he would quickly be forgotten. <laughs> the semi-professionals. <laughs> the semi-pros. Oh, my God. Are it you was, a pro? Only semi. I'm only <laughs> It was his claim to fame for a while in Lincoln. His stage name was Catman. How can you be an amateur and have a stage name? Right. Good, good I feel point. like that's at least a that, semi-pro thing. That sounds at semi-pro. <laughs> yeah, they say he was a savant of some sort. I ran into him at a grocery store and all he was doing was reading the back of medicine bottles, Advil, Tylenol, all of them. He then could tell you exactly the ingredients of every medicine if you asked. And you never asked because he would follow you around the store. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yikes. Oh, God. That would be the worst. It would like, be horrible. Oh, my God. And I'm too nice. I'd be like, oh, right. okay, oh, please don't follow me home. <laughs> he wore very thick lensed glasses, probably the worst prescription I've ever seen. I never saw him without his glasses, even swimming or stripping, etc. <laughs> hot. Hot, Gregory. Oh, yeah. So yeah. hot. He only rode a bicycle and he rode it everywhere. You could see him all over town. And Lincoln is a fairly sprawling city for its size, 250,000 at the time of the murder. And they, they wrote, dude put an ungodly amount of miles on a day. <laughs> Lincoln well, had. maybe he did burn off all that Sonic. Well, yeah, there's you know, a little bit about maybe. him on here about his body. So finally, Amberwood Apartments in between 40th and 48th on Highway 2, must have been the apartments, I don't know, was adjacent to one of the main bike trails in Lincoln. This is the apartments that Tina was living in. Okay. It would only take you seconds to get off the bike trail and into the Amberwood parking lot. 
So okay. they're, they're kind of making a case that it'd be easy for Gregory to okay, have just to get there and get out. Okay. Yeah. And they wrote, so we have a disturbed individual with a penchant for sexual fantasies, bike, bicycle transportation and bike trail access, and a single attractive female that could easily be stalked from work to home on a daily basis. It is totally understandable and frankly prudent to consider him the prime suspect. However, my limited interactions with Greg have me leaning towards not being involved, which is interesting. Oh. It'd be very hard for me to believe that he could clean up a crime scene without leaving some trace evidence. He just isn't meticulous that way from what I've seen. I do not know how she was subdued, but if Tina simply could knock his glasses off, he would be blind as a bat. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I do think Greg is certainly capable of sexual assault, but killing the girl the way she was killed and then somehow not leaving any evidence whatsoever just seems odd. Maybe maybe he was a savant at crime scene cleanup as well, and I'm just not aware of it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, jeez. I... I, I yeah, I, I guess. I yeah. Think. And they wrote, if Greg was the culprit, the suspect described running through the parking lot and then on the corner down the street would not be Greg. He would have gotten right back on his bicycle and got up on the bike trail and no one would have noticed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's totally true. He yeah. wouldn't have been running that way. He just would have taken the bike trail. Yeah. Interesting. So I see where he's a good, good um, suspect. suspect. Yeah. But- but might not fit perfectly. Still doesn't fit totally either. Mm, and then another person on Reddit had a good explanation for the slightly ajar closet door. Yeah, okay. And they, their name on Reddit went by EFA. Okay. They wrote, we'd have to imagine that he snuck in, noticed that Tina was on the phone without her realizing someone was inside, and then hid until the phone call finished and he could commit the crime. Like, um, maybe snuck into her house while she was at work. Hidden oh, that's in the creepy. Closet and then waited till she was off the phone and attacked her. That would be scary. Oh my God. That was when I thought was an interesting take on it because I wouldn't have thought of that. Well, right. Or like, because I'm just like, why would they wait until she was about to leave? Unless they went there to rob the place or something. Yeah. Although two college girls in an apartment don't usually have yeah. anything <laughs> they really want to take. <laughs> True. Right? With Very their hodgepodge point. silverware and stuff. Unless maybe he wanted to rape her and was just kind of waiting till she got off the phone. But I guess so. I guess it, I, I would think it would make more sense to like if uh, if she'd been in the living room the whole time or whatever and she was on the phone and all that stuff. And then if he was hiding in her room and then he like she went to go get stuff right before work and Ooh, noticed him. And notice him. That could be oh creepy. But wait, the door still wouldn't. You wouldn't hide behind the closet door, come out, kill somebody and then re. Yeah. Close align the door. Right. Yeah. Like that, good point. That's true. You wouldn't do that. Oh, I, or if you were going to do that, you would just shut them all the way. Like right. you would either leave them open, right. or you would shut. You it. wouldn't just. And she still had to either let someone in, mm-hmm. or as she was leaving, that's they forced I, her back in. That's what I think. Like she was about to right. leave, and right, maybe turned around to lock the door, and yeah, and, and they pushed her back in. Did that far? Yeah. Tiger mom on Reddit. <laughs> All right, Tiger Mom. Tiger Mom. She said, I'm assuming it's a she since it's Tiger Mom. Gigi was or is a local oddball, well-known at local restaurants for bothering female staff, she says. I know, but annoying is not the same as... Uh, Yeah, as killer. Yeah. Right. Annoying and creepy is not one and the same with killer. Oh, this is so gross, though. He would get crushes on very young college-age girls, then come back and visit them at work. Mm. He... Like to talk creepy shit like how fragile cats' necks are. <gasps> he would hang out and meow at young women. What? Every- <laughs> yeah. 
the fuck is that? <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck, man? I like cats, but that's I don't a, like you. That's a, that's not what what is they call it cat calling, right? When yeah. oh you're yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> but that's like, not hey, baby, what it that's is. not how it is. He's like, I'm right. gonna cat call some people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Someone told him to stop cat calling or something, <laughs> and he misinterpreted. And he mis- oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> Hey baby, yeah. hey baby, <laughs> and she's now like, he, now he sounds like Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So Tiger Mom says every girl I personally knew would avoid interaction with him because he made us uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. okay. I mm. knew waitresses who would hide in the kitchen when he came into the restaurant. A lot of men just disregarded him as being a harmless widow. Or widow, weirdo, widow. excuse me. <laughs> widow, widow. Widow. Very different in terms very, of this podcast. Very different. <laughs> weirdo, okay. Uh, for a while, he was befriended and exploited by some of the male art students as oh, a I mascot character for their artsy projects. Yeah. Oh, God, that's terrible. I know. A local magazine published an essay by him where he wrote about his childhood obsession with toilet plungers. <laughs> So many questions right there. I know. The I, I need to find this article. article <laughs> why anyone published it? I just. Oh, God. Yeah. And they said he appeared in some student film projects. Um, a lot of people regarded him as a murderer, but others felt he was just an innocent, autistic, eccentric oddball. Boy. He rode his bike all over town. He was very tan and muscular, except for a pot belly. It's those burgers, the Sonic burgers. Okay, now this is now all I can picture is Thor from oh, Endgame. Yes, <laughs> fluffy Thor. He was thick. Belly. He got thick. Oh God! So Gregory would shave all his leg and body hair, and this person said that his hair was shoulder-length blonde hair that he wore in okay. a ponytail. That stuck out the back of his head. This is the worst part. The front of his hair was cut into the bowl cut style bangs. What? Hot. <laughs> so he had a mullet that was essentially bowl cut in the front. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that would have come up oh. in the in the police sketches. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would have been like, all right, all right, I know I'm gonna sound ridiculous, but the person I saw. Oh, had he had a, a bowl really cut bad in front bowl and then party in the back. Oh, God. <laughs> but again, like I said, a lot of those police sketches oh. look like they might be like not real people. And yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I, I would have been like, I don't truly believe that you saw somebody who looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm redrawing this shit. That's this guy doesn't exist. Bowl cut in the front oh, and party in I the know. back. Tan, muscular, pot belly. God, this is. <laughs> This is really a visual here. Really gross. With the Coke bottle glasses, too. With the Coke bottle glasses. And no leg and arm hair. Yeah. Shaved (laughs) tan. But this person, okay, also knew about the amateur strip nights. But they said his stripper name was Knight Rider. (laughs) Just stop. (laughs) You're just making shit up now. This is not (laughs) Knight Rider. Oh, God. Come on. And this person says that. One day detail they read about the crime scene was the culprit used a lot of straight bleach to clean up. And local media at the time interviewed a strip club and bar employee who said that Gregory sometimes helped clean up after the bar closed. And 
they recalled how he loved using bleach to clean up all the bodily fluids. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to gag. You might, but, now um, you don't have to eat dinner tonight. You'll save you mm, some calories. Oh my God. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then <laughs> oh not much to say about that. Yeah. I, I, um, mm-hmm. wow. Gross. Gross. I don't know if I could handle that job. But this person, Tiger Mom, says someone affiliated with the local police department once told her that they know he is the killer, but that multiple mistakes were made in the investigation and that eliminated any evidence. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and she also says she hasn't lived in Lincoln for years, but the last time she ran into Gregory was on the bike trail in town in the early 2000s. He's still out there riding the bike? No, out there riding the bike. Oh, my God. She and her friend were walking her dog, and Gregory got off his bike, walked beside them for a while, asked a bunch of questions about the dog, the kind of collar it had on, mused at length about how fragile some animal necks were. Oh, my God. That bothers me so much. I know. Freaking creepy. That is the story of Gregory Gable. I'll have to crap. put some pictures up of, of him. Do, do you have something with a bull yeah. cut? And the, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm picturing all those awkward family photo memes. Oh, God. Is he in one, maybe? I feel like maybe. he's in one. He should be. God. He should be. Oh, oh he's, um, he's the type I used to attract quite often. I'm not sure if it was because I was what? just I was nice. You know, oh, and they weren't used, used to, to attract. People. Sorry, yeah. I heard you as that I used to be attracted to. Oh, like, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love pole cut mullets. Please. Anybody, That's everybody. I was like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> oh, I you hope there's like. Attract. Okay. That's a uh, yeah, I'm not thing. attracted to, but I hope this now becomes a big thing. <laughs> Suddenly, there'll be all these guys like, oh, I've heard bowl cut mullets are hot. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Please don't let this. Don't blame me. Don't blame <laughs> me. Oh my god! I guess I could do my uh, sources. I have a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so Reddit, of course, with all those yeah, wonderful stories I got. Mm-hmm. That was good stuff. The Journal Star, The Daily Nebraskan, Sioux City Journal, LNENortheastern.com, DailyNebraskan.com. Wow. Okay. That was entertaining. I hope it recorded this time. Says it's recording. I don't want to tell it. I will not tell it again. I mean, that was the third fucking time. I am done. Oh my god! Uh, But it's still good and entertaining. So it's highly entertaining. (laughs) Lots of good stuff there. Damn. I know. Okay. So thank you for putting up with us. Yeah. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Stay odd. Thank you for listening, Gregory. Stay. That's not the kind of odd we want. Okay, let's not do that. (laughs) Stay odd, but not... Stay odd, but not gross. Yeah, not (laughs) creepy, please. (laughs) Take the creepy out. (laughs) Take the creepy out. Leave the creepy at the door. (laughs) We don't need the (laughs) creepy. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. 
And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. 